The WMAY Morning News Feed continues. Jim Legion for Greg Bishop all this week. And while uh, Bishop would ordinarily uh, keep you updated on everything with the council roundup tomorrow, and I will do my best to do anything close to as good a job as he does, we are tackling some city issues this week. To me, one of the most important services that the city of Springfield provides is fire protection. And the fire department has uh, been in the... uh, in the watchful gaze of the city council for most of this year and a lot of uh, things that are happening there. And so we are very pleased to welcome Springfield Fire Chief Brandon Blau joining us live in studio this morning. Chief, thanks so much for being here. Great to have you. Thanks for having me, Jim. Well, and uh, you know, I just want to start uh, again. You're not that long on the job. It was uh, late last year, right? Uh, right at the end of the, of the year that uh, you uh, took over as fire chief? Right at, right at the beginning of December of yeah. last year. Uh, Chief Riney had decided to leave uh, at the end of October, early November, uh, and the mayor held a uh, held a, a time for all of us to come in and talk about it, and I was ultimately sl- selected at the beginning of December. Is it everything you dreamed it would be? I mean, uh... and more. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a challenging position. Uh, it's uh, it's something that. Uh, some days you come into work and uh, everybody talks about how great the fire service is, and the other days you come in and uh, have a tendency to to get some some people with some other ideas. And but I tell you what, the greatest thing about it is the people that that work for for us at the Springfield Fire Department that they come to work and do a great job no matter what anybody out there is saying. You know, it's been fascinating to watch this year unfold, though, uh, because we went through a budget process and a budget was adopted and almost immediately then the alderman said, let's claw back more than a million dollars from the department because we're concerned about spending too much money and too much overtime and things. And now in the last couple of weeks, it's like, we don't have enough people. We got to get more people. Uh, and, and so it has it's given me a little bit of whiplash watching it all unfold fold here. Uh, but from your perspective, um, how do you feel the fire department is positioned right now in terms of manpower, equipment, to be able to provide the level of protection that, that I know you and the men and women in your department want to provide? I tell you what, it's a complex issue with a lot of moving parts. And, you know, people say that kind of thing all the time. But uh, for us, it's particularly true. Uh, We're in the middle of uh, contract negotiations where we're trying to get uh, a new contract in place for the for the people that uh, work for the the citizens of Springfield uh, and and the city uh, have been talking about that for for several months. Uh, That part is hard. Uh, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen there. Um, we have we positioned ourselves, uh, the mayor, I commend uh, city council for uh, coming forward and allowing us to, to start the project of building some new firehouses, which is great. But as far as the fire department itself, our, we're, we're down in numbers, and that is something that has, is happening, you know, in most city departments and and we're we're trying to do more with less but we we also have to put enough people on fire trucks every day to make sure that uh the people that we serve are safe so uh that turns into overtime which raises people's dander and rightfully so we try to be good stewards of of the community's money but uh we have to have enough people on the streets and when i can't bring in enough people at straight time i have to pay them overtime 
So, uh, you know, most people would say, well, then I guess you just hire more people. It's cheaper to uh, to hire 10 more people and pay them their regular rate than to uh, pay everybody else time and a half. Uh, why is that not just a, a simple solution to the problem? Well, we, we are talking to the mayor's office about that. Ultimately, uh, the, the mayor's office will be the one who decides what our manpower is going to look like. Uh, we've had discussions about it, and we're trying to find the the, the right mix. Uh, the, the problem with the fire services, and, and, and there's not a lot of talks out there about this particular part about it, but you can't really train one firefighter at a time. So essentially, when you want to bring on more firefighters, what you have to do is train them in, in fairly large groups. What that means is that you end up with what is perceived to be too many firefighters for a while where you're overmanned and you're paying extra people to be on the books for a while. And then over the course of a couple of years with retirements and people leaving the job, then you end up short and paying gobs of overtime as well. It's hard. It's really hard to find that sweet spot. And that's difficult. So it's one of those things where uh, we've been in talks with the mayor's office and we hope to figure some stuff out. And then the other the, I said there's a lot of moving parts. The other difficulty that we have is that from start to finish, if the mayor came to me tomorrow and said, okay, let's bring on a dozen firefighters, it would take about 10 months for those firefighters to actually be on fire trucks and actually be be some help to us as far as alleviating the the overtime issue. And that's And that's because it takes four months to go through the people to get them ready. Uh, and then it takes another six months to train them. And you have other uh, pressures uh, working on you uh, from a clock standpoint in that you have a number of personnel who will be retirement eligible within the next couple of years. And so not everybody will retire, but if a number of them do, your problem just gets worse. So every day that goes by that you haven't started that 10-month clock running, you, you put yourself, I guess, at bigger risk of, of having even more manpower troubles. You're absolutely right. It's... It, 22 years ago um, in September was when my particular class came on. We were the largest class in the history of Sprinkle Fire Department. There was 30 of us. We were affectionately known as the Dirty 30 because with 30 people also comes, you know, the the unanticipated consequences of 30 uh, type A personalities and whatnot. So, uh, but as, as now we've had uh, over 22 years of service on, uh, most of us are getting to the age as well where we can retire. And we, we also, we hired two classes of 15 within 18 months after that as well. So we have 60 people within the next, uh, couple years that will be able to go. Now, not everybody leaves when they're, when they're 50, 51, most of our people stick around, uh, 25 years and generally till their mid fifties. But this is a young person's sport. This is not something that, uh, you can go out there and do exceedingly well at age 55, unless you really, really hone your, your craft and, and, and make sure that you keep your body in shape. So it is one of those things it's coming. There's going to be a wave of people leave and we want to make sure that we we 
have the right response to that and the right preparation. Springfield Fire Chief Brandon Blau is here with us. Uh, and Chief, last week the mayor was on and talked a little bit about this issue and said that the contract talks are, are focusing on these minimum manning levels, that uh, every day, every shift, you have to have a certain number of firefighters to make sure you have adequate coverage for the entire city. And so that's part of what's being talked about here. I, I know you can't delve too in too much detail into the contract negotiations. Uh, I, I guess the question a lot of people are asking is, could could we get by with fewer firefighters on a, a, a shift basis or on a daily basis and still have adequate protection, not just for fires in the community, but also for medical emergencies? Because the fire department's often the first responder to the scene of a heart attack or a car crash, even before an ambulance can get there, the fire truck can get there. Uh, so uh, can, can we uh, adjust that minimum manning level below where it is and still protect the community? Well, and that's uh, that's a question that the city has asked before. The the number, uh, and I have to be careful what I say on this on, from a lot of perspectives, but uh, the number forty nine is uh, has been in place for over twenty years, um, and what it does is it says that we will have at least uh, three personnel on every truck and every engine in town and two personnel on the battalion chief's cars every day that we come to work. Um, and that's to keep our people safe. And it, like I said, it's been in, in place for a number of years. And is that around the clock? You have to maintain those levels? Yes. There's no, uh, you know, sometimes in, in hospitals or, or whatever, uh, sometimes in in, in law enforcement they do a power shift and that's not something that the that the uh, fire department is ever really engaged in but uh, you know it, it's a contractually there um, it's one of those things where uh, we've been given a contract my when I say we uh, myself and, and my command staff have been given a contract and, and we try and make sure that we follow that to the letter of the law and right now that contract says we need 49 people out there and uh, the, the analogy that I've used in the past is that essentially we're, we're, if you if you think of us like a baseball team uh, if the second baseman's not there that day then we don't just not have a second baseman. The, we have to. We then have to hire somebody back to play second base. So instead of forty nine, you're talking about nine people. But uh, the rule is is that we have to have forty nine people, and that's part of the that's part of the reason why we get into uh, the issues that we do with the overtime. Uh, do you uh, have a sense as to when you think you'll see some resolution to the, the contract negotiations, but also to the question of will you start recruiting and training a new firefighter class and, and how quickly could some of this move? The contract part, I, I don't have a good answer for you. Um, as far as uh, hiring a new class, uh, if the mayor uh, gives me the, the okay to hire them, it takes us f about four weeks four months to do the background checks and make sure that uh, the people that are on the list are, are ready to go and that it takes six months to train them. So uh, I would love to be able to say that we were going to have that, that the cavalry is coming, uh, but I don't have that. I don't have that from the mayor's office yet. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I know that the mayor's office and, and city council are also looking at, uh, we have the study done by the consultants group uh, over the summer. And I think that they're looking for some guidance 
guidance on uh, what the consultants that look at fire departments from all across the country, uh, what they think that maybe our fire department should look like. And when as do you well. expect that report? I, boy, I would have thought it would have been here by now. Okay, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that you know sooner rather than later. I am a you know person that wants to get after stuff. So uh, as soon as they come with what they think that our fire department could ultimately look like, if there's changes in there that we can put in place that don't aren't of a contractual nature, then we'll we'll definitely look at and see if there's something in there that works for us. Let's talk about fire stations. Uh, mm-hmm. You got the green light for $750,000 for essentially the uh, the engineering and, and design studies uh, for these. What we don't have yet is an idea of exactly where these new firehouses will go, but you're supposed to have an update pretty soon for the city council. Do you, do you have a sense in your head as to, to where you'd like to, to put these? We we do we did uh, we did a study we used a lot of GIS information uh, to see essentially what we try and try and do is put uh, make sure that our firehouses are within a four minute response time for everybody in the city. Uh, now everybody knows that you know that that's especially listened to uh, city council over the last few weeks at least that there's areas in town that we wish that we got to a little quick more quickly which you know the southwest corridor the panther creek piper glen uh type area we're looking to improve uh response times out there so i i can't give you exact locations because they're still we're still negotiating uh some some things on that but I would say that, uh, you know, that'll be an area that we're going to really try and, and, and look at. And then to the northeast or north northwest corridor and then Station 6, which was uh, is the one that was kind of uh, boxed in over by Isles Park and 9th and, 9th and, and Ash. Uh, we're going to look to move that. But we think that, that that particular station was well positioned, so it'll probably be probably be not very far from where it is now. I I know that's been a concern I've heard raised that uh, people fearful that uh, as these fire stations move, they move farther away from some of the older inner city neighborhoods where you have older houses that may ultimately be more susceptible to fire. Uh, You you feel confident you'll still have ample protection and ample response time in in those areas that uh, that really clamor for it? I, I would not be on board with a project that took fire stations away from where we have fires. And, and we've had um, multiple discussions with uh, Corporation Council and, and the mayor's office particularly about where these should be positioned because sometimes a place looks like it would be in an awesome spot. You know, this would look really nice on the street, but it's not where a firehouse should be. It's not where the fires are. So we need that. And the EMS portion you brought up earlier, uh, the EMS portion is is important, um, but we're the fire department, and we need to really make sure that we're positioned correctly for the for fires, particularly because we are an ISO class one uh, department, and that's one of what they care about. When ISO comes in, which is going to happen probably within the next 12 to 18 months, they're going to look at what our fire response is. They they don't give a rip about how quickly we get 
to uh, somebody who's having breathing difficulty. Yeah, the rest of us do care about that, though. <laughs> and, I, and I want to talk to you more about that. We don't have that much time today, but I'd love to have you come back sometime to talk more about the the EMS, EMT re, uh, role of the fire department, because it is critically uh, important. Like I said, a lot of times they're there before an ambulance can ever get to the scene, uh, and that can be a, a life and death difference there. Uh, before I let you go, though, uh, I know you got to have uh, one of the more fun parts of your job uh, mm-hmm. this week in prison over some uh, some promotions and some uh, personnel changes in the department. Tell me about that a little bit. We did. We had uh, two of our longtime staff level people uh, leave recently. Which, when somebody leaves at the at the the chief level, then. Uh, it makes a lot of people happy because multiple people get to to, to move up. And we had uh, Jeff Bassett, who who spent, I don't know how many years he was on staff, but he was one of our longest tenured staff people in quite some time. I think he, he'd been up there about eight years. Uh, but he left. He was, our, he was our operations chief. And then we had Heather Moore, who was our training chief, and she was a rock star. And, and everybody, you know, appreciated all of the, the hard work that both of them put in. But uh, that that allowed for i think we had nine people yesterday uh that had moved up uh one of which was kind of a holdover but it's nice to get get people yesterday i was i was asked to to do it uh because a lot of kids were off from school and uh they were able to come and share in uh showing appreciation and and recognizing some people who'd worked hard to get get to their next spot how's morale in the department earlier this year when the uh, city council was talking about you know clawing more than a million dollars out of the budget there were concerns about possible layoffs and things i don't know that was uh, that was pretty frustrating for a lot of firefighters but then the money got put back because of pandemic relief funds and things how are people feeling now I think that morale is definitely better than it was six to eight months ago. I think that it ebbs and flows a lot just because uh, it's amazing, you know, how much, how much change and and our our job overall is is filled with chaos in the in the first place is when when we have to go somewhere it's generally because because there's something horrible that's happened but uh on top of it you know we've we've had a lot of ups and downs and and always when you're in the middle of contract negotiations people take things personally that are going on and everything so i think that the I think that it goes up and down, but I'm I'm an honest person. I'm a, I'm a person that tries to get out there and get my feelers out. I think right now it's better than it was six months ago, but I think that it can always improve. Springfield Fire Chief Brandon Blau, definitely want to have you back. Lots more we could talk about in the meantime. Thank you for your time. Thanks for your service. Thank the men and women of your department for the important work they do in our community every day. We appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Thank you. 